GuerrillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Diamond Nine, and Jazzy Fiddle. GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, co-host, Jazzy! Thanks for that intro, guys. It was really good to be here. Yeah, yeah, it feels great. Our producers are also in the studio, complete and full, all pieces connected, the Dead at Night and Testonomics. Remember last week when I boldly proclaimed that the show was going to be good because the sheriff was back in town? Yeah. Well, the sheriff has left, and now I'm just a guy eating French fries out of a cardboard box. The mighty has fallen. Oh, yeah. This is, this, <laughs> this is about to be a show, boys. But this is a show, and it is episode 233 of the GameZilla podcast, full of fry box, with fries included, and jazzy fiddles. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. As a patron, you get early access to each and every episode of the GameZilla podcast, along with the ability to influence a topic on this show. That is Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Did we trade Jazzy for a Jazzy Bot? That was very Jazzy Bot. I, th- I thought we were doing Blitz mode, ah, blitz so mode. I shortened it. Team talk, baby! Let's go! I gotta get the salt off that my fingers. That was great team talk. Let's get into the news now. <laughs> Cardboard box full of fries. Ah, right into it. Testonomics Gaming Moment of the Week. Go. So the best thing I did this last week is do the best thing you can do in order to play a game that's five years old, and that was to download it on the Nintendo Switch. So I played a lot of time doing Rogue Legacy, which is a brand new game for the Nintendo Switch, but it's been out for over five years on all your other consoles. Had a lot of fun. It's kind of like Dead Cells, but a lot easier, a lot more simple. Um, the runs don't go nearly as long, and um, box fries. Uh, over to you, Jazzy. Found my PlayStation Vita. Won a match of Blackout and Call of Duty. Um, over to tonight. <laughs> box God, fries. My game of the week. I ate my I mean, cardboard fr- box out of a fry. <laughs> so. What was that? Wait, you ate cardboard box out of a fry? <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed. It ain't like that. I want to try it. It ain't too. like that. It ain't like that. Game of the week. Game of the week. Grimlock bought me Dead Cells for my birthday last week. Yes. I've been playing Dead Cells. It's great. I don't need to go at length to tell you that Dead Cells is great. It's a roguelike game with uh, Metroidvania elements. It's super fun. Go play it. That's my gaming moment of the week. I don't, need, I don't, I don't have like a specific moment. So Gaming moment of the week. Won a blackout, whip Jazzy, and not Spidey. Spidey was dead and got to watch us two-player win it in quads. No thanks to you, Spidey. All right, I also got to play uh, some Spider-Man DLC. Very happy about that. It was fun. I'm still enjoying Hollow Knight. And, oh, yeah, I got rid of my scuff because it was trash, okay? Dead Zones disconnects scuff. I already responded to you. Did you say Dead Cells? Yeah, Dead dead Zones. (laughs) But I already responded to you on Twitter, and I'm disappointed in you. I returned the controller. That's when GameStop was like, well, we can't give you your warranty price back. And I was like, are you kidding me? I bought this literally a week and a half ago. It doesn't work. You're going to take my $50. Well, this time we'll give it back to you. 
I take my $250 back from them and I say, I'm not giving it to you, but it is GameStop credit. So I drove to a different GameStop who decided to break street date for me. And that's right, I picked my wife up a gift because I didn't know what to buy myself. So Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition. Uh, they had it sitting on their counter and they told me they'd sell it to me. So I didn't ask too many questions. I just bought it. And if you're watching us on twitch.tv slash GameZilla Media, you can see the uh, wearable helmet that comes with it. There's a lot of other cool stuff that came with the, with the kit. But yeah, the Game Moment of the Week is something bad turned out to something good. And again, I understand from a personal level, a personal location that don't you break it. Jade will kill you. Anyways, I understand what people say when they have their GameStop and they like it because I went to that GameStop and the guy's like, listen, man, you're helping me out by buying this because the pre-order fell through and I was really worried I was get stuck with it. So I got something for you. And he went in the back and he brought out this cardboard and he cuts it open. He goes, Bethesda told us that we could do whatever we wanted with these. Since you're buying this, I'm going to give it to you. And he opened it up and it was eight really badass 16 by 20 posters on really nice cardstock of all the lo different locations in Fallout 76 like old school like war posters and he's like here you can have these they were gonna they told us we could we could like give them away or give them to our employees but here they're all yours and I was like see this is the problem is like from a corporate level I hate this company but from a from from a store level they could be really cool so anyways gaming moment of the week Fallout 76, Power Armor Edition for my wife. No more Scuff controller. Scuff, you're dead to me. Update, the uh, the cardboard box of fries is giving me a stomachache. That's good, that's good. I have a stomachache too. That's why I gave you the rest of the fries. <laughs> but, all right, uh, that's our gaming moments of the week. We want to know your gaming moments that you can do in the Discord. Join the Discord by going to GameZillaMedia.com. Right on the homepage, you can find the Discord button. Click it. Enter and talk with gamers from around the world every day for free. You can see more pictures of this armor from Fallout 76 along with the other goodies that come in that box right in the Gaming General channel. All right. Let's get into some news. That was, that was a cool six minutes and four seconds. Into the seconds. news. You're wasting like it. time. It's going too fast. I'm going to miss you guys when, we're all, when we all quit this show. <laughs> I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. Alexander, what about this monster story of yours? Download. Topic number one. Xbox does some shit. Topic number two. No, <laughs> no topic number one. Microsoft, Microsoft Xbox exclusives. Push continues with new studio acquisitions, which uh, involve Jazzy Witch Studios. Obsidian and yeah, I'm gonna say Inzile. See how I put that one on you because I asked you how to say it and you're like, I think it's this. Uh, that's, cool, it's yeah, all jazzy. That's the best this way I got Inzile. <laughs> and what? Uh, you know, these are these are two Inzile. Inzile is definitely a company everyone's heard of. What have they made? Uh, a bunch of stuff and everybody's heard of, so we can go on. Wasteland Two, your favorite game. It's coming to Switch. I mean, it might as well just be called Dragon Seeds as much as you played Wasteland Two. The Wasteland One was way better. <laughs> Okay, but Obsidian is the company that a lot of us have, uh, a lot of us recognize with Fallout New Vegas, South Park, The Stick of Truth, Pillars of Eternity, and I believe you said Kotar 2, right? Knights mm -hmm. of the Old Republic yep. 2. Um, yes. So the, that's, to me, that's the bigger name out of the two as far as 
buying them up. But what do we think of this? As far as this push, we have now seen them buy, or, or sorry, add, what, uh, five, six, seven, eight, eight new studios, nine new studios since E3? How many new projects have we heard about? Zero. I think you're right. <laughs> I, think you're, I, I think you're right. Um, but yeah. As far as first party, like exclusive, nothing. We've heard nothing. Yeah. And um, Tess, you bring up a good point about Obsidian. What, what was your point you made on Obsidian and their, their all their original games that they make? So a lot of the Obsidian games are... Uh... Oh, should I not be whispering? I was yeah. going to say, it oh. looked like that I was about to murder you. I was thinking about muting you and just taking over. <laughs> so the thing about Obsidian is a lot of the games they have are really good combination efforts with like a really big studio, right? So Stick of Truth is with Ubisoft and um, Fallout New Vegas is with Bethesda and, you know, Kotar 2 is with other company and um, Bioware. Bioware. That's what, that's what I said. Um, so that this is kind of a cool match for them because now they've got Microsoft, right? So they've got the biggest partner they could have. Who makes uh, zero games. Who makes zero games. So we'll see what happens. Maybe next. they can help out actually get Crackdown 3 out. It has a release date. On time. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> At the Xbox show or whatever over the weekend, they, they gave I, it a hard release date. I know. That still doesn't mean anything. Gave it a hard third release date. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It, it, it does finally have a release date. But um, it, it is interesting to see. <laughs> it is interesting to see Obsidian and what they're going to work on because Pillars of Eternity was something that was kind of that, that was more them uh, developing. But. Like you said, everything else on that list is them assisting a bigger company. So is Obsidian going to be that uh, assist-type developer where they're going to jump onto a new Fable or the new Halo or some or the new Gears of War, something like that? They're just going to be that support developer. I don't know. And then uh, whatever you said, Inzile or whatever they are, yeah. um, are they going? What what what's up? What's next for them? Is it w Wasteland Three? Probably. Well, they're still working separately, and Microsoft made notes saying that this is kind of going to be their RPG division of their exclusive and of their exclusive team, and it's kind of rough. <laughs> like a new Fable game? You get, I mean, I'd be all in for a new Fable game, but like the stick can, of truth. Can can these developers pull it off though? That's what I'm concerned with. Yes, I think they'll have a better shot than the company that actually tried to make the last Fable. Yeah, and Microsoft's giving them a lot of tools that they need in order to. Well, succeed, they have resources so. for sure, right. but I mean, we're seeing things like Ninja Theory. Like, what's next for Ninja Theory? We don't know. All we know now is that uh, Cinema Sacrifice is getting a physical edition. Uh, what what's you know, Rare has Sea of Thieves, and they're continue continuously adding to Sea of Thieves and really starting to shape that into a game that a lot of people are enjoying. Uh, in Inzile, I have no idea. Obsidian, we is it is it the next Pillars of Eternity, or are they going to be jumping onto a game? Uh, you know, like there's a lot of question marks as far as to what you, you spent, you flexed a lot of money here. Now, what are they doing? And I think we we were assuming we'd hear a little bit about maybe some of these projects at this Xbox event that happened over the weekend, and we didn't. So. You know, we'll see. We'll see. I like that they're gearing up. I think a lot of this, though, is they're gearing up for next gen. I think a lot. I think this is setting them up to potentially have a really strong launch title library for the next Xbox. Do you think that that's enough to launch Xbox into the lead for the next generation? Let's say they come out roughly the same time. 
you think just having a, a larger library is going to be enough to get Xbox? Because they've been trending in the right direction. What do you think? When's the last Xbox that you that, – like, when's the last Xbox system launched? And, and, and let's be honest. This is probably what's going to happen. That launched with a Halo game. Did it it launched on the original, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think we're seeing Halo Infinite as a launch title for the next gen because we really don't have a whole lot going for it. It's not going to be this gen and you're going to lead with Halo. You're going to follow up with, you know, with a bunch of these developers that could have something ready for launch. So let's just say you have I don't know, 20 games at launch that are all first party. Not counting third party. So yeah, I mean that could help them launch very well. Now, the, the the reverse side of it is it really looks like Last of Us Part 2 and, and, and some of those games are also going to be that cross-council cross generation. I think you're going to see end-of-life PS4, but you're also going to see it on the PS5 right at launch for games like that. So I don't think Sony is sleeping on this concept of we're having a weird generation here where we're trying to push these pro versions of our system and now we're going to move into the next gen we want to make sure that these big these big triple a games are available across both platforms so i don't know it's interesting let us know what you think in the xbox channel in the discord what uh, what are these companies going to bring to microsoft what uh, what would you like them to do what would you want to see out of these companies anything else on this before we move on think it's a good topic thing. number two there's a new patent out there that hints at a ps4 controller with a touch screen mm. so sony playstation controllers have um largely unchanged in the past 20 plus years of the console which i kind of disagree with this article they, they've changed quite a, they've changed a lot well from, not compared they, to the way in the last 20 years, 20 years ago, you didn't have a DualShock. You didn't have joysticks on your on your, on your PlayStation controller. But you did 17 years ago. Right. So that was a huge change. And then after that, so maybe, you know, you got a touch, you got a touchpad. And, well, you and got a sh- touchpad that's and a, a real, button. And a real, <laughs> shitty t- and a real shitty battery life now. That's new. That's a change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the PS3 had fine battery life. Yeah, now your battery doesn't last worth of shit. You've, you've got, got, a, you've got a color bar on the front oh, that yeah. changes colors during the game. Right, when you get shot, it lights up so that way when you're not staring at the screen and dying, you can tell that you're dying. So, got... Six-axis no. motion control. Do you remember Lair? Yes, I remember Lair. It was a... Motorstorm? <laughs> Do you remember Motorstorm? <laughs> yeah. Um, now, we all know I'm stupid, but... When I, when I first played Destiny 1 on PS4, I thought it was super cool in that, like, intro scene where you're going through, like, the, the tunnels, and you got, like, a flashlight on your gun, and the front of the controller, like, lit up white like the flashlight. Oh, that's kind of cool. And I remember thinking, it left an impression on me, and then zero times after that I've been in any way yeah. impressed with the light bar. Yeah, but basically this patent hints at an interesting potential addition that would replace the DualShock 4's touch-sensitive control pad with a full-fledged touchscreen. Just like the Wii U did, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much like the Wii U, yeah. Except smaller. <laughs> much smaller, I would imagine. This um, is clearly how they're going to save the Vita. They're just going to say, hey, you want to know what? We don't need its own unit. We're just going to combine what the Vita has, which is greatness, into <laughs> the DualShock controller. 
No, Jazzy. Was you should, okay, listen. You were on the right. You were on the right path. What you <laughs> meant to say was Sony has a surplus of Vita screens in their warehouse that they don't know what to do with, so they want to shove them into DualShock Four controllers and sell them for a hundred dollars instead of fifty dollars. First of all, everything here is going to depend on the size of the controller. Like you can't it's make this be the screen. Same size. Yeah, you can't make this screen any bigger <laughs> than what's on. Yeah, I used to have this yeah. PS2 controller from Logitech. It was uh, it was about uh, 24 inches long. So it was, was like you full, put handles on a keyboard. Because there was a full keyboard in the middle of it that was detachable. <laughs> when it was detachable, the controller was still 24 inches long. But I had a full-fledged keyboard, so when I was playing Champions of Norath, I could talk to my friends. So if they wanted to do that on a DualShock 4, it'd be the worst idea ever. Did but you like this did, idea? Did you like having that 24-incher in your hands? Oh yeah, you know it's uh, it was a fun service for sure. Good to know. Yeah, I liked it. I liked I liked to touch it. Yeah, bring it back. Bring it back. The full keyboard controller. I still controller. have it. It's upstairs. What? Oh yeah. Can I can I play with it? Yeah, sure. We'll fire up some Champions of Norath later on. Okay. You know, but so in. I found my my PlayStation Vita this weekend, and I was playing with it, and I have that you shell did. on it that, like, makes it like a PlayStation controller. Yeah. And I'm knew. perfectly okay with, like, the size of that. If they just make the buttons, like, full-size buttons and give you both triggers, like, I, I mean, think handing okay a controller... With the size of the Switch, which is bigger. Yeah. The Switch is bigger than a Vita, and I'm still yeah. perfectly okay carrying that around and, and using it handheld. So this this could work. I First of all, you're, you're going way off base here. They're not changing the controller. They're literally ripping that touchpad out, which is useless, by the way. Like, when's the last time you did something useful other than use it as a button? Uh, I played Trine 3 with Sci-Fi and, like I said, and his boy his boy Trav, and you had to, like, cast little spells by drawing on it. Yeah, how'd that make you feel? Uh, it made me really glad that I wasn't the character that had to cast spells. <laughs> <laughs> the touchpad is a major... F I mean... The touchpad is the connect for Xbox One. It, like it didn't ha like it didn't fail as hard as the connect because it's just a feat it's just in the middle of the controller. But Sony just forgot about it. They're, like I remember when you played Infamous Second Son and you'd take the controller, turn it sideways, and shake it, and it would sound like a paint can. And then you you'd hit the pad to like spray like a spray can. And I was just like, that was cool the first time I did it. Every time after that, I was like, this is just such a gimmick it is such a gimmick it doesn't add anything to the controller not like like a joy con when we um even just like that ball counting game in uh one two switch or whatever it was right like the fact that the um the hd rumble could actually trick you into feeling like there were objects inside the controller was at least something where you're like oh wow this is pretty impressive and then like i played master blaster zero and was in like uh one level where there was like water that would like surge from left to right the the way it would almost give you like a sense of a wave from one from one joy con to the other and so that never happened with the touchpad now if this really was happening which again i think this is bullshit because we're at in life why would you come out with a controller that has a touch screen on it it could be the PlayStation 5 prototype. Or the now, now for that's PS5 the thing. prototype. Now, that's, that's the next step. Is, is this the evolution of the PS4 controller into the PS5? If it is, this is super smart because even, like, yes, it's touch sensitive, so you can, do, you can still have it as an input, but I like the idea of being able to put information on that screen that maybe cleans up the TV a bit because I feel like some games you have, especially like Battle Royales nowadays, 
There's so much shit all over your screen as far as like how many kills you have, how many cleanups you have, how many items you're holding, what's your life at, where's the map at, all this crap. If I could customize and say, hey, take that off my screen, put it on my controller, and actually have the choice, that's kind of cool. Like, that's I the actually... key. The key is you have to be able to customize it. Yeah, don't force me to use Because the thing about it is there'll be a game where it's like, oh, my inventory's in here, and it's super cool, and I, I like it, and it's a big help for me. And then in the next game, it's going to be like the mini-map, and I'm going to be pissed because I want my mini-map on the same screen so I can see it more easily. See, here here's my issue with this whole idea. What makes a good controller to me is a controller you don't ever have to look at. I don't ever want to look down at my hands and look away from the screen to do anything. So I don't, I don't want items. I don't want a mini map. The only thing I would find acceptable on there is, okay, I'd like my voice chat options on there. I'd like things that are integrated into the system to be of it. So I don't have to pop out of my game and navigate to a, a room to, you know, select things. I'd be fine with that sort of things being put on the controller, something that doesn't directly affect the gameplay. What if... Okay, so take that idea and say you're in-game, and instead of having to hit the PlayStation button and go out of game to go do something, it literally could be done from your controller. That's what I'm saying. While you're in-game. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, like that would I, that would be really cool. Grim but. sends me an invite. It pops up on the TV. I look down at my controller. I see, oh, okay, this, I, I touch this one, this one touch button, and that's going to take me into Grim's voice chat. Like that, to me, would be really cool yeah. Any in-game, any actual in-game stuff, like you guys said, mini-maps, items, I, I don't want hardly any of that to ever happen. And also, to be fair, your Vita, bringing up the Vita is a good point from the sense that the Vita had a really good screen. And, that, and, that, and yes, the OLED screen was really nice, but even the later LCD screen was nice. And the touch screen was done well. So Sony already has the knowledge of what, and I mean, yeah, they make phones. They, they, they do a lot of things with touch screens, but... They already have the technology where they, as far as integrating that into the controller and doing a good job of it, I feel like they can, they could manage. Now, how do you fix the poor battery life of the DualShock 4 by putting in a, a screen into it that's also touchscreen, which to me has to consume more energy than a touch-sensitive pad? You know, that's the other thing. Like, you have to beef this battery up because the, the DualShock 4 battery life is horrible. When a Joy-Con lasts for how long? And an Xbox controller on two double A's lasts longer than your your rechargeable lithium-ion DualShock 4. So what's the likelihood you could see them potentially do something like the Switch with the PlayStation? Like, let's say they did, like, the the Vita, and then you add the, the two rumbles on the side and make a controller like that that you can plug in to charge, but it can also store, like so many gigs of a game and then you can take it on the go as just your controller. Sony's not going to they're not Sony is not ready right now to do it. Sony is not ready to release a handheld device that's that's that is independent of the of the PlayStation 4 or 5. They're so good. They're so good at just putting out things that that integrate and and work with the ecosystem they've built. I mean, Vita, PlayStation VR, I mean, they're all home PlayStation runs. PlayStation Move. They're all super successful. They they clearly put a lot of passion and and see them through. They're always fully hashed out. Of, oh no, never mind. They uh, they defecate themselves every single time they try anything that's not a home. Exactly. Console. But I do think as far as the DualShock Four right now, as much as people can say they like it, they like it from the standpoint of size, the joystick placement, weight. But the touchpad is a huge miss. If it went away tomorrow, no one would miss it. 
Well, the DualShock 4 is definitely the best DualShock that's ever, that's ever come out, right? There's not been a better DualShock controller to this point. But I think everybody here can admit that a Nintendo Switch Pro controller and an Xbox One controller are both better controllers. I don't like the Xbox controller. I don't like the face buttons. So since we can all admit that, all we have <laughs> right now <laughs> is Sony trying to do something innovative and different because they're not gonna they're not gonna um, you know alternate their joystick placements, which is clearly the superior option. So they have to find another way to be good. Bottom line is everybody knows moving into a new generation, the number one thing that people start to really revolve around is the controller. Every time, right? Nintendo, what are they going to do with the controller? DualShock, even even though it hasn't changed much, like we said over the years, people still sit there. And remember PS3 before it came out, it looked like a giant banana boomerang, <laughs> yeah. and everyone was like, "What the hell is that?" And then all of a sudden, it changed. But I mean, uh, Xbox, it, it, you know, they've they've slightly adapted after the Xbox original S version. Don't sleep on the Duke though. The, and the Duke has come, it came back. You can go buy a Duke right now, seventy dollars with a little LCD screen in the middle. I almost bought one, but. The, the point of the matter is, is that the DualShock 4 has plenty of room for improvement, and they know the touchpad has to go. So I don't think this is a PS4 patent. I think maybe it was at one point. You know, it was an idea they had. And I think it's being pushed forward for development for next gen. And I think the DualShock 5 could very well have some form of screen on it, which I think, if done right, is a much better idea than the touchpad ever was on the for the DualShock 4. Do you guys remember when all the leaks were coming out about the Switch having a touchscreen controller and everyone was all yes. doom and gloom about yes. it? Yes. Yeah. The Switch is great. But seriously, I like this idea a lot because it does take me back to, like, I really liked the Dreamcast memory card. Oh, uh, I knew you were going to talk about your, your Dreamcast Sega Dreamcast, before it's time, man. Get the goat. I knew that as soon as I was like, oh, let's talk about this screen on a controller, you were going to be like, well, the Dreamcast actually did it first back in 1999. Well, I mean, okay, so this is this doesn't matter as much anymore, but back in 1999, <laughs> you played NFL 2K with your friend sitting on the couch with you, and, and, you know, and your dial-up modem that was built into your Dreamcast kind of worked. So instead, you'd have your friend come over and you'd play couch co-op, something that you like to do. But do what like I that. didn't like is when you're picking your play in football, you could see what the other person was doing, but not on the Dreamcast because you would pick your play on the memory card. Something you could break away from because you yeah, weren't Sony, in the game. Just, just don't do this, Sony. It's a bad idea. Think about it, all right? Here comes another stupid comment. Sega Dreamcast did it first. They're dead. Then they the Wii dead. U they did it. Before the then the Wii U did it. It's dead. No. So now just don't be the next dead system. All right. What about our Patreon news topic oh of the week? God. No, <laughs> but, but seriously, though. Like, no, you make a no, good point no, about no, the picking place. There, there are yeah. ap applicable ways where you could use something like that. But that does take a, that does take the point of could the DualShock 5, because you could take a Dreamcast um, memory card because it had its own D-pad and buttons on it, and you could play mini games on it that would build up points, and then you could pl plug it back in your Dreamcast, and you would get perks within the game. So could the DualShock 5 act as some sort of half-ass handheld that you could do some things with without the without the actual console. No, they're not ready for that, man. I know they aren't, but 
you got me thinking about it, and now I'm kind of stepping back into this, is that it doesn't need to be a full-blown, like, Vita successor. They're totally ready to make the controller I want them to make. They just won't support the controller that I want they to They don't make. have to support it. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. You don't need to make a handheld that competes with Switch. You need, to make a, you need to make a controller that has some form of ability to do something on its own that would, that would make people say, I'm going to take my DualShock 5 to work so I can edit my rosters, update my RPG characters, something like that, and that way when I get home I can just start up and play. Not necessarily play my game, but is there some something I can do that makes me take that controller and put it in my backpack? Yeah, but why wouldn't they just put that into, integrate that into a smartphone app? Which they could. I'm not saying... Yeah, it's very possible, but if you're going to put a screen on PlayStation DualShock, then... You gotta try to actually support it, and th- and that that's where it comes to. Well, maybe we'll make it into an app on the phone, but you also can do it on the controller. You gotta do something with it. Maybe you, nothing will come of this. Or you could hype it up and then do nothing with it. What that's hap- the Sony way. What happens? <laughs> yeah, right? What happens is this: is the uh, the DualShock Five controller, and it costs a hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollar controller now, standard for the for the PlayStation Five. I only own multiple DualShocks because my wife really wanted one and then I bought that one off that borderline homeless guy that's your best friend and I fixed it up but like even like a $60 controller I'm like ooh it's a little steep for my blood to be fair the Nintendo Switch controller is $95 to buy one brand new because you gotta buy the Joy-Con for $80 and then the Grip for $15 so we're already there Yeah, that's why I didn't buy any Joy-Cons until I could scam a deal well I mean I was about to say I never bought a Grip and Joy-Con like the Joy-Cons came with my system, and then I've never spent that type of money besides and a how Pro much Controller. Is, how much is a Pro Controller? 60 bucks. I thought they were 70 They're 70 well, You can catch them on sale nowadays. Yeah, so 60 70 The set of nunchucks was 60 bucks, right? 40 for the remote and one and 20 for the nunchuck? Something like that, yeah. So Sounds right. about right. So it's been about the going rate for a controller for a while. Yeah, but I think... But 100 a lot to me. Yeah. I just I think if you're gonna make something this fancy, you're gonna see a eighty to a hundred dollar controller. But my thing is, that you you don't really need more than two controllers anymore because no one plays co-op anymore. Couch co-op, it's all online. Well, then why do I own ten DualShock Four controllers? Because you're a wild person. Oh, why okay. do I? You're own, unruly. <laughs> why do I own ten Joy-Con? Because you're both lunatics. Okay. Well, I mean that makes it. You make a solid point there. Four of those DualShocks are mine. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. You took them home already. No. You guys are like, I need one in every color, and then you go out and do it. You guys take the Pokemon philosophy and put it towards collecting <laughs> Gotta controllers. Gotta catch them all, man. I'm going to have two left green ones, though. I like it. Topic Patreon, which is topic number three. Uh, every week, you get to uh, patrons get to vote. $5 or higher on Patreon, you get to influence this show every week. You get to vote on some news topics and help us craft this show this week. Because you're idiots. You voted against. You idiots. Pikachu, Detective Pikachu trailer. For some stupid other topic. And that is all we're covering on that one because it's a loser. You're all losers. <laughs> and the winner that not Test you. loves. I'm not saying anything. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 has had some DLC accidentally revealed along with uh, some other some other interesting facts. But we're going to focus, I think, mainly on the DLC. Wait, I'm going to let the COD expert Deadite cover this one. I don't understand. <laughs> Call of Duty, a game about guns, test a person who loves firearms. I don't. It's a, I thought it was a match made in heaven. I thought I was picking this for you. Eat a dick. Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So Jazzy and I, amongst with uh, BMC, Five Mile Rick, Spidey 2K, we're all enjoying COD still, COD Black Ops 4. But um, according to the leak, Black Ops 4's first DLC pack is a prequel to the game's chaos story that revolves around the new characters attending a mansion party. Everyone else at the party is said to be of paranormal variety, including zombies, ghosts, werewolves, and even Nosferatu. Huh? My man Count Orlock? Yeah, there you go, there you go. Played by Max Shrek? <laughs> Call of Nobody Cares also claimed that DLC will be full of secret chambers and will have an upgradable German wonder weapon based on Black Ops 4's ray gun. Wonder, wonder weapon? Yeah, wonder weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> much better impression did I? <laughs> no, I, I I nailed it. In addition to this first DLC pack, all other packs are said to feature one zombie map. So they're going to expand on the whole zombie uh, zombie aspect of the game. Treyarch also plans to add Nuketown zombies content at some point as well. And um, a f- and then there was the last point that was interesting: a four versus four mode is also planned for zombies. Uh, but there is the possibility of it being canceled. So these were all leaked out, and the DLC is interesting because as you, the, there's no story in this game. There's no campaign in this game, I should say. But as you play the each character, as you play through their like tutorial to learn about them and how to use them, you unlock clips of cinematic video that splice together an interesting story that looks like they're going to play a prequel off of that. At the same time, the new zombie mode, which Jesse and I have pl- have lightly played, has an interesting story as well, where you're like teleported into another universe or or whatever you assume is happening, and you're in this coliseum fighting zombies for what looks like the you know the just bunch of weird ghosts and and goblins and things like that watching you in in the uh, stands, so. I don't know, but this DLC does sound really cool. And that's what I've liked a lot about this Call of Duty is the variety and the weird, like, just out of, like, there's one thing about Call of Duty where it's like, it's just an army game, you grab your guns, you shoot each other, and and that's it. Yeah, boots on the ground. And you drop some grenades, you drop some bombs from planes, and you're done. But the fact that they're like they're explore like zombies have been around for a while, so that's cool. But the fact that they're taking it beyond that, it's like I was playing zombies, I was having exploding tigers chasing me through these levels, like trying to kill me, and then all these crazy creatures beyond just zombies starting to spawn and try to take me out. And I was like, this is this isn't Call of Duty to me. This is almost like Doom. It's almost it's something more than than just Call of Duty, and that's what I like about it, and the fact that the DLC is going to play into that more excites me versus just saying, here's a map pack and two new guns. Jesse, what do you think? Two things. First of all, Deadite. When you kill somebody in the game when they're jumping in the air or falling like from up an area, and you kill them while they're still in the air, your character actually says, get your boots on the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I thought that was super clever and cool that they actually added it into the game. Um, other than that, um, this all sounds very interesting, and I wish it would have came out earlier because I'm done playing Call of Duty. You're lying. Yeah, it was just a filler until Fallout 76 and you Pokemon liar. Let's Go comes out. So liar, done, liar, done. Speaking of canceled modes, though, I did want to bring up something that sounds really cool, and it's a it's a shame that it didn't happen. Treyarch was supposedly working on a campaign for this game. 
back uh, mid-2017. The campaign was going to be designed as a two-versus-two cooperative race to the uh, to finish each mission. Oh, so like Gambit and Destiny. But Treyarch said uh, to, to, that they gave up on it to allow uh, its team to focus on the um, to make more multiplayer maps. Which is that that yeah. that answer to me is kind of disappointing that you decided to kill your campaign instead of um, you know and just so that you can make some more maps. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest miss for this um, Call of Duty. It is the first Call of Duty that has actually got my attention, and I'm actually enjoying playing it. But I have had multiple people ask me if there is a campaign in it, to which I've told them that there's not, and they're instantly like, oh, man, it's not for me then. So I think that Treyarch needs to, in their next Call of Duty game, give that campaign some thought and maybe cut back on, on some of the other things. Well, the interesting have. thing, though, is the reason they skipped the campaign is because the, the percentages of people that actually played the campaign of previous games was like below 50% of people bought that bought the game. And then the people to finish the campaign was like below 10%. It was, it was God awful. So they looked at it like no one really wants this. And instead we were going to give you a battle Royale mode, which we do enjoy. We're going to give you more zombie stuff, which people love. We're going to give you this, these things. And then people go, well, but what about the campaign? And it's like, you can't win. You just can't win. And so, like, it gets to that point where you're not going to please everybody. And, and yeah, if you try to so, jam too much in there, then your game doesn't get – it's not finished. It's not polished. It doesn't right. work right. So we've called them – in the past, we've called them Call of Money because they dump a new game out every every year, right? Right. So maybe Treyarch decides to slow down in, in well, Black Ops 4. Well, Treyarch doesn't dump a game every year. Uh, that's true. That's true. Activision dumps Activision a Call of Duty every year using multiple developers. So, with Black Ops Four being as polished as it is, and all around different different like uh, modes you can play with Blackout Zombies, the, all the multiplayer maps and games that you can play on it now, like the the life of this game could actually go a lot longer, I think. So why don't they create a game that is just a campaign game? I mean, you could you. It'd be one way to test it and see how sales did. I think I think we would probably watch that game bomb. In my opinion, I just don't think the the fans of Call of Duty really care too much about a campaign. Um, it's not something like Halo or Gears of War that's a continuation every time. It's a different story every time. That's just a short story about some characters that by the time the next Call of Duty comes out, you don't care about them anymore. And so, I don't know, you could try that, and it mm -hmm. could prove us wrong that, that, that people are looking for story. And yes, Call of Duty could totally shift into a, a, you know, a uh, service game, right? A, a, we don't release one every year. We've, we release Call of Duty, and we just build on top of that for years to come. And and you know and you just buy into seasons or you buy into DLC packs or whatever it is you turn it into a CS:GO style uh, game and and you run with it yeah you could do that I just think right now Activision still looks at the the business side of it and goes it is still smart for us to come out with a game every year and do it that way than game as a service yeah even though League of Legends has proven it. You know, uh, Overwatch clearly isn't looking at Overwatch 2. We, we've been, you know, Overwatch is going to, I mean, eventually you might see an Overwatch 2, but the idea of Overwatch is that it's just, 
it's evolving. It's changing, you know, and, and and they're just going to service that game just like World of Warcraft with expansions and stuff like that. I wonder what would happen with Call of Duty being as big as it is if they did something like WoW where it's like a monthly server-based subscription. Like, you have the game, but you have to pay for the server. Again, it's, it's tough because you're not WoW and are you paying $60 for the game still? And then you got to pay a monthly fee? I mean, at that point, I think it would be smart for them to just give the game, like, hey, it's a free-to-play game, but you have to play for a okay, monthly yeah. subscription. If it's free-to-play and then I got to pay monthly subscription or whatever... Um. Yeah. Then. Then. I mean, that is a business model you could try, and I think it would be pretty successful, just because it is a it is a main shooter that a lot of people go to every year. And you could just have seasons now. Every year you could have that that refresh of what's going like like league, right? We're coming. Right. We're we're in the off season of league right now. We're gonna move into this next season with all these changes that we're learning about right now, and it's gonna the game's going to act different than it did last year and we're going to jump in and either you know like it or not like it and it'll evolve again down the road and i like that but i just you know you're right activision and which we joked about calling the call of money when we made that joke you really make that joke about activision and and they are not ready to let go of one of their cash cows in the form that it is now when let's black ops 4 has already broken the record for the best-selling call of duty game of all time which be Black Ops 3 last year or, whatever, or whenever it came out. So, you know, it's just when you're setting records, why change, I guess, is, is kind of the point. And these DLCs, though, do seem, at least this one, seems very cool and different than the typical, here's three new maps and one new gun and a new emote. $35, please. And that gets us back to what, what the question that was Posed in the Patreon poll of the week is do, does this leak make you more excited or less excited about what's to come for the next year for this Call of Duty Black Ops 4? 100% more excited because I didn't think we would see we wouldn't see this type of DLC. I thought, you know, I didn't buy the season pass. Like I bought the game and I was like I'm not going to buy the season pass because I've been like we've been burned on Destiny season passes and I've been burned on other season passes so I'm like I'm going to wait and see if a, I want to play this game long term, which it does seem to be the case. And then B, what is this DLC? Is it just going to be like old maps that they're re- reintroducing from old games and and like in like one new gun, or is it going to be something like, oh, <laughs> werewolves and Nosferatu and zombies and stuff in a mansion around this story that's a prequel to what I've already um, kind of gotten into by learning these characters already. That's cool. That's cool to me. And if some of that then transitions also to the multiplayer side of it, where some of the, like, let's just say that mansion becomes a map that's playable in multiplayer, then I'm okay with that. And yeah, it makes me more excited for this game. Excited for the game itself. Individually, my personal opinion, not super excited because I know I'm, you know, end of life with this game. I'm Fallout 76 is coming out. Let's go Pikachu and Eevee's coming out. And I know that a lot of my time is going to get devoted to that. It's going to make me put down Call of Duty. And I think once I have that, that it's not the game in my system anymore. I'm, it's not a game that I'm going to want to put back in, I think, as much as just pick it up and play. So a lot of the gameplay that I'm going to get with Call of Duty, I think, uh, after Fallout and and... Pokemon comes out is going to be you know 
all the all the bros are online and we're going to get together and and do some multiplayer or do some blackout and and I'll hop on and play play with those guys but I don't think I'll be putting in as playing as much solo as I am currently. And I think the interesting piece from this DLC is it doesn't necessarily look like I need that DLC to keep playing with my friends. If I want to just go play multiplayer, I can, unlike what had happened with Destiny in the past with some of the DLC blocking BMC and you that I from even just joining us to play some Iron Banner, right? And so if that's the case, then yeah, he can move on to another game and enjoy it. And then, it, like you said, if he's playing solo and then he looks and we all jump on to Call of Duty, he goes, I'm going to switch over. He never bought the DLC. Not a big issue. We drop into to Blackout and we play. That's cool. That's the way DLC, I think, should be handled. But yeah. All right. Thanks for the topic from our patrons. And, uh, you know, you can, if you want to get involved and, and start voting on topics, again, jo- go to patreon.com slash gameslowmedia. $5 or higher lets you vote on topics every week and also gives you early access and other cool things, especially if you get up that 10 and $15 range. All sorts of stuff starts happening. All sorts of magical stuff. Speaking of the $15 range, we got something fun coming out for WWE fans. Tess and I are recording a Dungeon of Doom, uh, getting people ready for Survivor Series. That's exclusive WWE wrestling podcast, only available to our $15 patrons at uh, patreon.com slash games of the media. Last topic of the day. Battlefield 5. What the fuck? Is going on. I I I don't I can't even imagine. Okay, so let me let me. Just, I give you two letters. <laughs> let me just yeah yeah. Can, actually, I, can I buy a vowel? That is can the perfect. You can buy a vowel. That is yes, the you can per- buy two of them. <laughs> yeah, that is the perfect answer right there. Um, so I didn't pick the news topics today like I normally do because I was out and Deadite was able to and and the team was able to pull some stuff together. So when I got got back and started catching up on what we're doing. I looked at this, and I, I haven't been paying attention to Battlefield Five. So when you guys showed me this graphic of release dates, I just was like, who makes this game again? I Like, for some reason, my, ma- my, my mind went blank, and that's when you all were like, uh, EA, and I'm like, oh. Your boy's Dice. Oh, <laughs> Dice. Yeah, Dice and EA. That makes more sense. This is, okay, so. Here's what we're talking about, okay? Not only has Battlefield 5 been delayed, had some major issues, people worried that, like, the whole, like, not people worried, the whole game's not going to be available day one, and they're just going to kind of, like, add to it and, and get it ready because they can't seem to have the game ready at launch. Well, here we go. November 9th, you can play this game on PC. So a few days ago. Yeah, a few days ago, you can start playing. Why are we doing the show? We should be playing Battlefield 5. I don't know. But November 9th, if you were an Origin Access member of Premiere or ba- Premiere, you could play the full game. If you were a Origin, and Origin is the EA. It's like their their uh, monthly service, okay. uh, yeah. monthly membership. Yeah. Origin Access Basic gave you a ten hour trial, and then you just got a ten hour trial with EA Access via the Xbox. If you were a PS4, sorry, you're out of luck. You got nothing. Now November fifteenth, which is coming up still. The deluxe edition comes out. The deluxe edition of the game comes out. No, five days later, November twentieth, the standard edition comes out. 
You have to be kidding me right now. Do we have a price on what the deluxe edition is? Is it like ninety dollars? Is it is it the season pass with the game? Is that what it is? Do you, was it was it Battlefield Four or is it this one that had like the two hundred fifty dollars edition that didn't even come with the game? That was uh, Battlefield was last year. That was one Battlefield One. Oh yeah, looks like yeah. deluxe edition's eighty bucks. Eighty dollars. We're assuming it's the game and maybe like the like the first DLC pack. Early kit. access, five sets of paratrooper outfits, special assignments, and twenty weekly items with airlift. Okay, so it's not even there's not even the season pass DLC involved in this. It's just the game with some extra shit. And then the standard edition comes out, and of course you already have uh, Xbox PC people playing this game before that. Right now they're playing; they have access to it. What like, what type of release to, for this game? What what are you thinking? How is this? What's the the idea that this is going to be successful? That this isn't confusing and pissing people off left and right? I'll pay a hundred dollars to play Smash Brothers right now. That's true, you would. But if I'd you, pay thirty bucks to play Pokemon right now. It's true. I agree with you that that there is. So I think this is real stupid because nobody wants to play Battlefield. But you dangle someone that's that's not the smartest of decision making with money in front of in front of your face a game you want to play and watch how fast we back down how stupid this is because if nintendo were to call me right now and say test i've got a deal for you pokemon comes out on friday we'll we'll overnight you a copy so you have it on tuesday but it's going to cost you sixty dollars more i'd spend sixty dollars so fast I agree with you. I like things early. It's all about instant gratification. I agree with you to an extent here is that you are talking about a first-party Nintendo game that's only on the Nintendo Switch. We are now talking about PC, Xbox One, and PS4, and the PS4 players are literally after until the 15th. You have no option. The Xbox and PC people do have an option, and then, and then you just have a five-day random cash grab from the 15th to the 20th of saying, well, if you buy the deluxe edition, which costs more money, we'll give it to you now, but the standard edition you have to wait for. Well, I mean, the true story of this game is it's dead on arrival because the Battle Royale doesn't come out until March. This is the problem. is The game's not ready either, so not only do you have this convoluted... They're doing things Street Fighter style. Yeah. Not only do you not have this game ready for launch, but you're releasing it in such a weird just mess... That I isn't, uh, this the, isn't this what EA and Dice do though? Didn't didn't Battlefield Front or Battlefront Two do this as well? Yes, they did. Battlefront Two did this from a deluxe and standard edition. As far as the Origin Access or something, there was like some sort of early play. So it did do this, but let's also look at Battlefront Two and look at the meltdown it had yeah. even before it came out, and and and. Yes, you wanted to blame it all on microtransactions, and you wanted to blame it all on this, but also, could you not look at the failure that was that game and say, hmm, maybe we shouldn't do things the same way for our future games? Yet, here we are going through this same mess. I'm okay if you are an origin access person if you kind of get some early access. Xbox has done like it's been done before. I'm not the early access thing doesn't bother me. It's just the fact that you have three different dates across three different platforms that to me uh, and across three different versions of the game it's too much. It's too it's just too much. And it's going to in the long in the long term your game already people are talking 
a lot about it in a pretty negative outlook, this doesn't help it. Oh, actually, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you here. It's four because five days after this Black Friday special on the 25th, the deluxe standard edition remastered Battlefield Five comes out. Is that a real thing? No, no, no I made that joke. up. Well, you know what, Jazzy? <laughs> I didn't understand. It <laughs> seemed like it could be real. To be fair, Jazzy actually is right. There are four versions because you have Origin Access, Premier. Yeah, I, I guess. You have Origin Access, Premier, Origin Access, Basic, EA Access, which I forgot about, Deluxe Edition, Standard Edition. So there is four versions floating here across three platforms over three different <laughs> dates. And it's just like... Well, I don't want to play it on PC, so my option, if I wanted to be playing it a couple days ago, my option would be EA Access 10-hour trial on Xbox. Otherwise, I wait till the 15th for Deluxe Edition. But if, like, I guess for me, if I'm that person that's like, all right, I want the Deluxe Edition, and I want to pl- so I want to play it on the 15th, but I'm going to play it on a PC. You're now telling me that everyone that is on Origin Access that just joins your monthly service had six days to get ahead of me. And Jazzy and I can tell you from games like Call of Duty that people that have a head start have an advantage. <laughs> Big advantage. Maybe you guys are just scrubs. No, I mean, from the st- from understanding the maps is one thing, but again, like when you go up against someone that has prestiged five times since this game's come out and you're still working on your first prestige, like they have a signi- they have everything unlocked. Every gun is unlocked. Every attachment for that gun is unlocked. Every, you know, score streak um, advantage is unlocked. So you can sit there and drive out an RC car that explodes. They can call a jet that drops 20 nukes on you. That's the difference of having an advantage in a game like this. And Battlefield is very similar to Call of Duty when it comes to these concepts. So it's just... I don't don't get it. I'm like... I would love to talk to someone that explains to me why this is the right way to do it. My only other so. without you saying dollar sign. Like I get, I get dollar right. sign. You are pushing people there. Like, well, I'm going to sign up for Origin Access Premium and get the 14 day free pass. But then I got it pre ordered at GameStop, and I'm going to get the deluxe edition. But then I'll forget to cancel my Origin Access. So as Activision, we just banked an extra twenty dollars. Like, I like. I don't want to hear that part of it because then you just look you look evil, which is probably what you are. But where in the concept for the gamer does this deployment make any sense? I don't think it does. I think I think <laughs> I think Battlefield Five with EA Dice they were like, hey, we're going to do deluxe edition. This one's going to come out. We're going to do standard edition. This one's going to come out. Then I think that Xbox came to DICE and or EA and said, hey, we would like to have early access above the PS4 for this game. And then DICE and EA said, oh, let's see if we can get everybody else to hop on board. So then they went <laughs> like, we're like, hey, PlayStation, uh, you want you want early access? What, what date what date would you want? What, what deal can you make us? Well, how, how are you going to, you know, what publicity are we going to get from you? So then it was like almost like they were digging into like trying to get all this extra stuff from these companies to get. No, I don't. Parts. I don't think that's the case because EA Access already existed on the Xbox. Right. So I mean, this is something that I feel like EA probably pushed towards them, and and 
as far as relationship goes, I don't know EA's relationship with Microsoft versus versus Sony, you know, and and all this. But I but I like if PlayStation got Call of Duty first, there was that ability that and and we were talking to Spidey about it for the pro scene. Who these game the the Call of Duty scene shifts from who gets the game first. Sometimes like Xbox gets it first versus PlayStation, and whatever console gets it first, generally that's the console that ends up kind of getting accepted into the pro circuit for that generation. So could this be the flip that because Call of Duty Black Ops Four did get the Sony treatment, did did Microsoft gra- try to grab Battlefield Five or did EA offer Battlefield Five yeah. to Microsoft? In that sense of like, hey, you kind of you, you didn't get the cut on Call of Duty, but we're gonna give you the cut on Battlefield, M- maybe. But it still doesn't make any sense that to me, you have to sit there and be like, well, you only get a ten-hour trial here, but if you pay the premium, then you play the full game first. But if you have the basic edition, then you get a ten-hour trial, just like the EA Access. And then I'm like, wait, hold on. I have an Origin account. Now I need an EA Access account. Is that the same thing? I already pay money. Does that mean they they work? Are they like? It's too convoluted. It's just a mess, and I don't like like. Yeah. It makes me like. Not that I'm interested in playing Battlefield Five, but it makes me like I'm never gonna have an Origin Access account. I don't want an EA Access account. If I was going to buy this game, I'd buy the Standard Edition. But the fact that I look at the dates and go, oh, if I buy the Standard Edition, literally people that started before me had 11-day head start, ah, pass. Not going to buy this game. Listen, if you're on the PS4, go play Call of Duty. If you're on the Xbox One, you have PUBG. And then on the 20th, you guys can all come play Battlefield 5. Like, don't, don't worry about all this bullshit beforehand. Now, now I agree with you, Grim. When you're when we're talking about this, and you're saying it's too convoluted, I I agree. There, there's there's way too much happening for the average fan of any game to really track with what's going on without having to look at this graph and figure out what subscription you want to buy to try and get your game early. But my in, inherent disagreeance with this model is, is specific the execution of it here. It's not sold well. Because if they if they called that 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 bottom line there the real date if they call that the public release date if they sold it as this is the day the public gets it but because you're a special member sell it as a premium but but the the verbiage in this in this graphic that was used to sell people trying to sign up early make it feel inclusive make it feel special that you're buying into this game early no yeah so that's true the way this is sold. Doesn't it doesn't make you feel that way? It feels like a cash grab. If it made you, if it made you feel like, oh, I'm special, I'm in the loop, I am part of Battlefield. It, that way, I think more people would be excited and, and interested in this model for things. So if we're getting back to Test in his Smash Brothers, if if there was a similar model and it, it was like, hey, Smash uh, Elite members who pay this extra $30, they're going to get an extra skin for for their characters. You get to play the game 10 days early because you believed in this game. They're not selling it to you this way. No. They're selling it to you as sign up for our subscription service, you get the game early. They don't make it feel inclusive, they make it feel exclusive. Yeah. And I think that I think that's an issue with this. They're playing it like a poor Xbox Pass. Like Xbox Pass teases you that, or doesn't tease you, but like promotes that you get uh you get to play first party games just by having Xbox Pass. That's cool. So you don't necessarily go, I'm going to sign up for Xbox Pass because I'm going to play the new Gears of War when it comes out. No, you sign up because you do get all these games, which Origin Access or EA Access would give you access to other games. And then you get this game, 
but this is like their game. This is their big push this year that they've already delayed because they were they were weren't ready and they were afraid to launch around Call of Duty because of just the poor reception they got. They took the time to fix it and then they still roll out with like you said, just bad marketing, confusing. Like going to imagine going into a game store and having an employee try to sell you this game with that. Exactly. Imagine that. It should be it should be a couple points. Hey, you play on PC, guess what? You buy, you know, you, you sign up for a month of this subscription, you get it on this day, and then oh, nope, you're not interested in the subscription. Good, you get it on the public release day. There should be one date per version of the game or something. Two dates. Or one early access date and one public release date. Call yep. it that. Yep. And then isn't this just like a, a giant multiplayer, like on this giant map where it's like twenty v twenty or fifty v fifty or something? Like I mean, let's be honest. I don't know what Battlefield 5 is going to start with. I know they're adding more stuff to it, but Battlefield 5 has always been that, like, not always been, but recent of recent times has tried to been the epic giant war where, yes, it's a larger right. scale. And even, like, you could be in this quadrant fighting, you know, 20 v 20, but, but the overall room you're in is 100 v 100, and you might not even see some people, but you're just trying to win yeah. your zone and hope that your other teams win your zone in an all-out war. So I guess that irritates me in the fact that on two of these, you get a 10-hour trial. So what are they going to do? Time the game, and then once you've played 10 hours of it, you just cut it until the Correct. deluxe edition? like. That's so what like Nintendo did with their with their stuff for Splatoon and all that. Like, hey, get an hour because we're gonna test our sort. Like, you I just don't. I don't like timed trials. But this I don't isn't, like. This isn't even like a give test, me a couple levels like a... or uh, something like that, and then I can replay those levels over and over. But like, hey, you get to play this game for ten hours and then you're cut until this date. Like that's just. Yeah, that that bothers me. But the ten hours because you're a member of a service. This service is giving you other things. Yeah. So it's not like you're paying for EA Access just for, like, I guess, let me take this back. They think you're paying for EA Access for the overall value they're giving you. Some people will literally sign up for EA Access so they can play Battlefield Five for 10 hours, and then they will never use EA Access again. Like, that's the thing that I think EA doesn't understand is that even Game Pass, people signed up for Game Pass to play Sea of Thieves. When they realized they didn't want to play Sea of Thieves anymore, they left Game Pass. The other value didn't mean anything to them because they already own Gears of War. They already own Halo. So there was no value. It was just the fact they wanted that early access. So, you know, I don't know. I, overall, this is a huge miss for me. Battlefield Five already in trouble, but we'll see what happens later this month. And do you guys think that we'll continue to see more of this from other developers? I hope developers that I like that I want to play their games. To be fair, we've seen a lot of this from EA. I don't necessarily see, we haven't seen a ton of at least this convoluted um, version from anybody else. But as far as like starting a game a couple days early or whatever, yeah, we we've seen it, and I think we'll continue to see it as a as a sell, right? Like pre-order the game and you get access to the beta, or um, or buy the deluxe version and you get it like a couple days early. Like not to lie, this art the um, the Power Armor Fallout 76 edition, supposedly, Bethesda lifted the street date on only this version, which was confusing because all of these were pre-ordered. There was really none available to the public. The only reason I was supposedly able to get this one was because that pre-order got canceled right before I walked in. So why lift it when a game is a 100% online game and the servers aren't live? What's the advantage of selling them early to these people? They can't play the game. You don't get that early access. 
So like there's an example of Bethesda doing it in a weird way, but they're the gamers don't even get to play the game until Wednesday, which is also weird. You're releasing your game on a Wednesday, not a Tuesday, but whatever. So yeah, I think we'll see it because companies are looking for ways for you to buy their game, for you to buy their their higher version of their game. And it doesn't work anymore with like pre-order the game at GameStop and you get an extra Spider-Man skin. No one, no one cares. It, like, yeah, maybe I'll do it, but that's not enough sell anymore. So how do you get those pre-orders? How do you get the buy-in to your deluxe edition? How do you get the $100 version sales? Part of it is early access. I mean, we do it here on the podcast, don't we? Become a patron. Five bucks. You get early access to the show. But we're good, honest, hardworking <laughs> young men who need your money to continue creating a podcast. Different story. We're not a greedy, soulless corporation. We're yet, uh, yet we're looking to sell out. So we, uh, you know, we will see more of this. I just hope that we see it in a better form. But you know, only time will tell. So yeah. All right. Plus, um, we're coming for you, Patreon. Early access, ten minutes. Then we cut you, and you have to wait till the next day to listen to it. Oh, God. That's been our attack <laughs> on the news. For these topics and much more, visit gameslowmedia.com where you can read our blogs, you can watch our YouTube, you can check out the stream team, and you can do everything that Gamesla has to offer at gameslowmedia.com. It's time for Muster Bust. Yeah! In concert, they would fight this evil in a duel to the death. This war was an all-out effort whose ultimate purpose was to save our planet from total destruction. Must or bust? Must or bust this week. Starting it off hot with Spyro Reignited Trilogy for the PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo... Or Nintendo. Uh, November 13th is what I meant to say. Uh, Spyro, if you're a Spyro fan, this is a must. If you're not like Jazzy, then it's a bust. Uh, and Test, uh, he plays Switch and you can't have it, so it's a bust for him. Spyro, better than Crash. I also didn't buy Crash, but I'm in the middle for this. There you go, in the middle. Uh, next up, we have Fallout 76 for the PC, Xbox One, PS4. As you can see on twitch.tv slash gameslowmedia, I already have the game. It is a uh, must. I am excited. I have hope. But I am worried, so I think it's honestly right in the middle. If you're a Fallout fan... And, and you love Fallout, then I think, you know, you're going to find value in this game. If you're like me and trying to, and hoping that this has something unique to it because it is on, all online, it's a maybe. And if you're unsure of this game, I would probably steer clear. Man, how Get, good was Elder Scrolls Online, though? And here's the thing. That's what I was just about to say. Elder Scrolls Online started off horrible, and then they have added and built out this game where a, a lot of your um, Elder Scrolls fans have come back to enjoy some of it. So... This might be that same kind of boat. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, the uh, Fallout 76 is is on its way. Battlefield 5, of course, uh, if you want to buy the Deluxe Edition, is November 15th for the PS4, Xbox One, PC. I just think it's uh, it's got too much going against it. Call of Duty is already off to such a great start. But it's going to be a struggle for this game this time around. Of course, like every week, we have to make sure that Deadites Games in here. Johnny Turbo's Arcade Heavy Barrel, November 15th for the Nintendo Switch, Data East port. I know he can't wait. He's super excited. Okay, not not to give Johnny Idiot any more publicity, but did it's you... It's not s- Johnny Idiot. What, what, what are you next Johnny Jerkoff? There you go. 
Um, Make sure you get, keep consistent. He sucks. John, yeah, Johnny Jerkoff's <laughs> dildo arcade or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So did you guys see that they that he released a game? I don't even I don't understand what it is. It's a top down twin yes. stick shooter where you play as the Burger Time guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm we like, what to, is this? We talked about it while you were gone. I think. I it, think that's the one that I got. So I, yeah, I yeah. was dead. I yes. you made my wife sad. Yep. I'm not giving you any more money. Yep. Exactly. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we, uh, we looked at that game and we're like, what the hell is this? Because it's just like it's like a just a mashup of. Old games thrown into a yeah a twin stick shooter that looked horrible. It was like Johnny Jerkoff '76 because there were '76 Johnny Jerk Jerkoff games all <laughs> crushed into one. Exactly. All right, the big release that everybody's waiting for: Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu for the Nintendo Switch. We are very excited. Jazzy, what version are you getting? Eevee. I'm getting Pikachu. Deadeye, what version are you getting? Getting Pikachu for the wife. And Testonomics? I'm feeling the music. What version are you getting? Off. What version are you getting? I'm on the road to Pokemon. He's getting Pikachu, everybody. He's getting Pikachu. <laughs> Enjoy this jam. Because we're getting Pikachu, we're getting Eevee, we're getting Pokemon on the Switch. It's a must. If you own a Nintendo Switch and you are not playing this game, you are not our friends. And not that's our bad. Friend. Not our Eat friend. Eat a dick. <laughs> we got Pikachu's. We got Eevee's. It's lit. All right. I'm very excited for this game. I'm not because it's Pokemon Go related. But no, you, you just. Bleh. I'm not going to be excited until I actually play it and find out it's actually fun. Because it might not be fun at all. It's fun. It's already fun. You because you play Pokemon Go. It's already fun. It's not already fun. Pokemon Go is fun. No, it's you haven't not. given it a fair shot. I gave it a shot. No, you gave it a shot at launch. When it, was it was a, a shotty giant shot. Turn. I shot myself trying, <laughs> trying to, be, to enjoy it. To be fair, you never really gave it a shot on a phone that could handle You don't game. talk about my S4 <laughs> Active like that. That's true. That yeah, was waterproof, and point. it was amazing. It was before its time. Yeah, before its time, something like that. All right, my last game that I think we all bought, maybe, I think except Jazzy. Jazzy didn't buy it, but we all bought it. Don't turn off my Viridian City, James. We have Super Mario Party Bundle. Coming out the same day as Pokemon. I'm getting three. And what the bundle means, you get Mario Party and you get two Joy-Cons. Yeah. Joy-Con. Sorry, yeah. Two Joy-Cons for $99.99. For $100. Now, it's a deal. if you have Gamers Club still rocking at that at your, uh, your or local Or a friend Best that has Buy, it. Or a friend, <laughs> it does count towards it and knocks it down to $80. Which I don't know if you can do the math, but uh, Joy-Con cost eighty dollars, so the game's free. Not a bad deal, and you get a neon yellow and neon green Joy-Con. So I picked one up. I know that I picked one up. Tess picked up three because again he needs uh, forty-two Joy-Con. Well, to be fair, I didn't pick one up. I well, I don't think I have any claim over it. I believe uh, Tess is selling one to my wife. There you go. Bye. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But that is your muster bus. We are all pumped for some Pokemon. This is going to hold us over until next year when we get our actual Pokemon game on the Switch. But until then, Pokemon Let's Go is the big release this week. Let us know if you're picking it up. Share your friend codes on our Discord, GameZoneMedia.com. Join the Discord. Head on over to that Nintendo channel and let us know what's going on. What Pokemon are you most excited to catch? 
what Pokemon are you going to keep inside your Pokeball as you walk around? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Jazzy, I'm excited to watch you actually use your Switch again. Yeah. I got to blow the dust off of it. <laughs> All right. That's Muster Bust, everybody. Suck the dust we'll off We'll see it. you next week on that. But let's move it into some emails. Don't mind if I do. The FBI has just sent a letter to Pizza. informing them that they have discovered new emails. Downloading emails from GameZillaMedia.com. Grimlock, do you have anything you'd like to say to me? Yeah, I do. I forgot something. I really uh, effed up. I want you to tell the people that we have some Nintendo Online games coming out. Yeah! All right! Nintendo Online. But before that, I want to say Happy Metroid Monday! Ooh, I don't know about changing the screens around for that. Did I tell him why it's a Happy Metroid Monday? It is a happy Metroid Monday because this week we receive our November games for Nintendo Online, including the game that started it all, that made a little grim into a grown man. Talking about Metroid. Oh, yeah, Metroid. Metroid. Yeah, (laughs) Metroid. Uh, Metroid, (laughs) available for Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, subscribers, as well as Mighty Bomb Jack, which I've never played. Have any of you ever played Mighty Bomb Jack? I can't say that I have. But the game that is maybe the only NES game that is superior to the original Metroid, I'm talking about Twin B! Twin B! Yeah. You agreed. You you Twi- just Twin B. You just agreed, but you said, yeah, you agreed that <laughs> Twin B is better than Metroid. <laughs> no, you said Count almost. You. I said is. Nah. I don't think I said almost. We'll have to review the tape. Yeah, rewind it back. Let's do it over again. No, no. No reminding reminding or redoing anything. Not that that's happened this episode, but we're not doing it. Twin B. It's a top-down shooter. And Twin B is great. I am excited. This is like, I'm excited for Metroid, and I am excited for Twin B. Just because of all the hype that Deadeye has built around this game. Twin B is where it's at. You got to shoot the little bells for power It better not disappoint. Well, it can't possibly disappoint. I've never recommended a game that's disappointed anyone ever. Fact. Speaking of disappointments, <laughs> let's get into our emails. You write them. I do my best to try and read them. You send them into info at gamezillamedia.com. Sometimes when I'm uh, posting in our Discord, I, I, I put the wrong email address. It doesn't matter. You'll yeah. figure it out. It's info at gamezillamedia.com. Not Gamzilla Media. Yeah, not Gamzilla. Check out the gams on her. You know what I'm saying? Hey-o. All right. We have a question here. Hey, guys. Poolovision again. With us being with us being past the last direct covering Smash Bros and other first party Nintendo games such as Metroid and Yoshi currently in development, Jazzy, can you name five game five secondary weapons from the Legend of Zelda series? (laughs) Game on, gents. (laughs) (laughs) Swerved you. Swerved you, Jazzy. No, he can't. Swerved you. I cannot. Yes, because Zelda is hot garbage. Wow. Uh, Trash game. Wow, you might want to throw something at him. I have so many mild sauce packets. Man, swerved you. Trash game. Trash game. Wow. Never play a Zelda game ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the question. Uh, really, you can't, like, can, can you guess one? Nope. 
What was the question? You just name five secondary weapons. Secondary weapons. Come no, on. No, I'm not guessing any of them. Guess one. Nope. Participate, Jazzy. Do it for the fans. Yeah, the fan asked you a question. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll answer right, the fan's one. question. You ready? Yep. No. <laughs> this says, Jazzy, can you name five? <laughs> no, I can't. Oh, Jazzy. Jazzy. That is sad. All right. Thanks for the question, Pool of Vision. I'm sorry to disappoint. We thought we we thought we teach Jazzy better. Yeah. Or taught. I don't feel bad about disappointing the fans because nah. it's my last show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's gonna be a rough show next week because I'm probably not gonna be here, so it's just gonna be grim and test then. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna be playing Pokemon. I'll be playing Pokemon too. To so. right. Grim, you're legitimately gonna have to remote me in from the southern Indiana. I think Gamezilla's just done. <laughs> we ha- we had a we had a run. Well, yeah, I mean, 300 plus episodes. I think we're good. I don't think it was 300. Yeah, no, in my yeah. mind, it's 300. It's been that long. Okay, <laughs> <at> Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha yeah. doesn't count. We're not counting. That. <laughs> Come on, we need. It. We got to take all we can get here. Uh, all right. Uh, if we're not adding Alpha, then yeah, we haven't done. A question anymore. from Button Masher Caleb. Yo, oh, bros, God. have you ever seen a group of bros go so hard on hating a game like Call of Duty to only turn around and play nothing but Call of Duty? Yes. Signed, pressured into, but also having tons of fun with my bros, BMC. That's too many bros, BMC. Who? What are you writing? First of all, were you drinking Natty Light while you wrote that? First of all, if this is if this is how you're going to uh, treat us after we invited you into our to our clan, they didn't invite me. Then guess what? We're just gonna ban you. You just don't get to play anymore. I hope you enjoyed buying that game. Go trade it in now because you're not part of the clan anymore. Whoa. The only thing I remember, (laughs) the only time I remember this being so significant is two weekends ago, I got a text message from my buddy Deadite saying, listen, test, in full secrecy, I really just want to try Fortnite, so I've re-downloaded it, and I want to play duos with you. And I let him play, and he had a great time. Is this real? Guys, um, you're lying. This is such a lie. It's guys. We know I love playing games online with people. I'm really consistent at following through with no, playing video games online no. with test. And I'm a Fortnite guy. Now, all of those things seem true to my character. Don't believe it. None of this is real. Okay. Test. Where were you going at with that? That story? Just making more things up that you say or do that you don't actually say or do. Ah, okay. Just you know, just like spend now, save later. That's you. We're just we're, we're just continuing to try and tear down my character here on this show. So you would Absolutely. never give Fortnite another try. I barely gave it one try. I know. <laughs> I don't understand what BMC's question is. I still hate the fucking game, but yeah, I'm playing it. You don't hate it. I hate that fucking. Why game. do you hate it? Because I'm bad at it. We literally just won a blackout and, and had a great time and dominated. If by, one dominated. You, if by one you mean, hey, we're down to last person and it's you and me versus him and my game plan was to jump up and become a human meat shield running around like a chicken while you sniped him. It was the perfect plan and it worked. <laughs> What'd you say about human meat whistle? I mean, <laughs> All right, moving on. Ah. We have a question from our boy, Sean Flack, all the way from Ooh. the West Coast. West oh, uh, by the way, Sean, BMC, you're dead. To me, there you go, BMC. You're dead to all of us. Who's just BMC? <laughs> all right, so we're, Sean Flack loaded us up with some lightning round questions. So let me get some lightning round music queued up for this sort of. All right, you guys ready? You guys ready for these? Yeah. These, these quick shots. Yes. Next one, Sean Flack. <laughs> Are any of you guys picking up Spyro? No. No. 
Maybe. No. What's your recommendation for mics for podcasting beginners? Blue Yeti. Blue, Blue Yeti. Blue Yeti. I think Blue Yeti's a, a strong consensus. And uh, ungaming related question: What song slash songs remind you the most of Christmas? Sleigh ride. Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. We three kings. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas, bitch. Because that's my song. I hate Christmas music. I love that one because I like the idea of owning a hippopotamus. I got an idea for you and me. They're docile yet murderous. More people die at, at the the tusks of a hippo than any other animal in the world. That includes killer <laughs> I think bees. You know where I'm going. That no, includes no. crocodiles. That includes sharks. My beloved sharks, bears. Did you know there's a higher likelihood to be murdered by a bear on Earth than any other planet? So, <laughs> so, so, I, where, where's the other planet statistics for this? Shut up, Jazzy. So, Jazzy, have you ever heard of a bear murder on Saturn? <laughs> nope. Uh, there might be a bear murder in Uranus. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> this has been the right game so far. <laughs> This is the last episode. We're never I'm doing so this again. I'm so glad this was my last episode. Episode 233. It's where it all comes to an end. Thanks to our patrons and to anyone who's not a patron, go to patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia and go ahead and sign up. Pledge your money to us so we can continue to create the mediocrity that is this program and deliver it to you and your ears and the entire world for free. Uh, every single dollar that you give to our patron page uh, that goes directly to us uh, keeping this this podcast going and we appreciate it a lot again there's special there's special early access special content you can only get through patreon like dungeon of doom test and i talking about wrestling being recorded this week uh and uh, behind the dm screen and a whole lot more patreon.com slash gamezilla media and if Not- you're feeling slightly more giving on a one-time basis, maybe not a monthly basis to go to your favorite podcasters, but to go towards a great charity fund, go to gamezillamedia.com, click the banner on the top of the page, you will see our Gamezilla Gives Back charity uh, for or fundraiser for this holiday season, where we're looking to raise $3,500 to donate a portable gaming cart to a local children's hospital. We are a little over one-third of the way there, so we are well on our way, but we do need your help. Um, gamezillamedia.com. Top of the banner, top of the page, click the banner, donate. Thank you. Nice work. Uh, Again, listen to all of our podcasts, read the blogs, view our YouTube content, watch the stream team. You can find all that information at GameZillaMedia.com. Please hit that follow, that like, that heart emoji, wherever it is that you listen to our podcast. Leave a five stars, give us a review, and keep enjoying the show. Thanks, everybody. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next week. And for the last time, game on. Game on. on. But but we'll be back next week, right? Not me. Not me? Maybe. Maybe.